Hey everyone, and welcome to Theana Money, where we seek to help the good man leave an inheritance for his children's children. This is Jeremy Collins, the host of Theana Money. I had planned this week to do an episode on the biblical Good Samaritan versus the socialist Good Samaritan, but just a couple days before this dropped, I decided to push that off and this week talk about pregnancy clinics and how they are more biblical, both economically and otherwise speaking, than the alternatives. I wanted to do this because of the threats and assaults that pregnancy clinics have faced in the last week and a half since the leak about the SCOTUS decision on Dobbs v. Jackson Women's Health and its implications for Roe v. Wade and Planned Parenthood v. Casey. In case you are unaware of what has been happening, the evening of Monday, May 2nd, a leak of the Supreme Court draft for their decision on Dobbs v. Jackson, almost said Dobbs v. Casey, Dobbs v. Jackson, was released on a political article and in the age of the internet, within an hour, millions of people already knew about it. Such a leak is unprecedented in United States history. I've heard multiple different people say this is the first time something like this has ever happened in our nation's history, so probably means that's true, and that means this is a pretty big deal. But we're not going to go into all the things about the leak and like who released it and why did they release it. That is very tangential to what I want to focus on in this episode. That leak, which has been confirmed as accurate, states that unless there is a change between now and when the official decision is handed down, Roe v. Wade is about to be overturned in the next month or two. Pro-aborts have responded to this with outrage and some of the outrage has been attacks on pregnancy clinics. The pregnancy clinic movement is something that I know quite a bit about because I work at a nonprofit that supports them called Preborn. If you listen to Todd Friel on Wretched Radio, then you probably know about Preborn. It's actually how I found out about Preborn, and now I've been working there for several years. And so if you want to learn more about Preborn, go to preborn.org or preborn.com. We bought both URLs. The one just redirects to the other. That way it's really easy. If you can't remember if it's .com or .org, you put in either one. And if you got the wrong one, it just redirects to the right one. So it's great. You should check out the site sometime. You can see all kinds of great content on there. Some of it content that I wrote myself. Some of it stuff that some of my friends wrote. So back to the topic. What are pregnancy clinics? Pregnancy clinics are medical clinics that serve women around the nation. Though there are some counseling or resource clinics that are not medical, the medical clinics have nurses and doctors on staff who are well-educated, they perform quality care, and they are legally able to do what they do. These are not fake clinics like pro-abort slander them as. These are medical clinics that offer better care and better counsel than any Planned Parenthood or any other abortion clinic around the nation. I am friends with many current and former pregnancy clinic directors, and they are knowledgeable and kind Christian people. They spend much time and money getting women, 
they meaning the clinics as a whole, not just the directors in particular, though as the directors, they do play a large part in this. They spend much time and money getting women considering abortion to turn away from that murderous decision and to keep the baby instead, either parenting or giving him or her, him or her up for adoption. They do not perform abortions, nor do they refer patients to abortion mills. These pregnancy clinics have been under attack from pro-aborts since the leak almost two weeks ago. A clinic in Oregon was vandalized with FCPCs written on the side of it. CPCs referring to crisis pregnancy clinics, an older term that isn't used much anymore because the pro-aborts slandered that term into people just having bad attitudes about that term anymore. So we use other terms now, but they still wrote FCPCs on the side of a pregnancy clinic in Oregon. Another clinic, one in Wisconsin, had a Molotov cocktail thrown inside of it in an attempt to catch it on fire. And when that didn't work, the person returned and made sure it was lit on fire this time. Following that attack, the clinic received many voicemails of people saying that the fire in the clinic was just a small foretaste of the hell they will experience in eternity for being so hateful. And by hateful, these people mean how these Christians at the clinic don't want women to murder their children. If you ask me, that sounds a lot like projection on the caller's parts. And if you're wondering, as far as I know, the fire was in the middle of the night and no one was injured. So everyone at that Wisconsin clinic is safe and sound. Maybe a little bit emotionally shaken up, but bodily safe and sound. So the thrust of this episode will be why I think pregnancy clinics are more biblical than the alternatives. I will explain this for several reasons, and one of them will be economic, because after all, this is an economics podcast. But before we jump into all that, I want to ask you all to subscribe to Theana Money, if you've not already done that. Please tell your friends about the podcast, and share Theana Money's posts on social media to get the attention around. And one last thing I want to mention to you all, I am looking at here soon moving the host of my podcast and the RSS feed to Dropwave. They're a Christian podcast host and some of the guys at CrossPolitik were involved in the creation of it. I'm telling you this because once I do that, the next time you go to download an episode, it might tell you that it has moved to a new place. CastBox does this to me sometimes and it's pretty simple. I just click the link, subscribe to the new feed and unsubscribe from the old one. And I'm working on trying to make it seamless, and so that way it just redirects the same RSS feed and that doesn't happen. But I'm just really starting this right now, so I'm not sure 100% quite how it'll all work. Not even 100% sure if I'm going to actually do this, but that's what I'm looking at doing right now, looking at switching to Dropwave. And I'm just letting you all know because there could be some kind of issue with it. Um, I know when CrossPolitik recently switched to Dropwave, there was at one point, and I think this was what caused it, all of a sudden it lost my historical data for episodes that I had marked as played. So maybe something like that will happen to Theana Money. Maybe it'll still have the same RSS feed, but it won't have all the previous episodes marked as played anymore. I'm not sure, but just letting you all know, I'm planning on doing that probably by the end of this month, May 2022. And though the guys at Dropwave are not a paid subscriber, or sorry, paid advertiser, Because of the Dorian Principle, I don't do paid advertisements, and for more info on the Dorian Principle, check out the episode by that name a few months ago. But I do want to tell you a bit about them because I like what they are doing, 
and I like it enough to switch to them as my podcast host. Their prices beat what I have been paying for this last year. The service looks like it will be better, and you don't have to worry about them canceling you over political reasons because they're Christians. You don't have to worry about you saying something that's basic Christian 101, but that goes against our oligarchs right now and getting canceled for it. And also, I like giving my money to Christians instead of those who hate my worldview when I can. If there's a business that's, you know, totally against Christ and they're offering product A, and then a Christian business is offering the same product, the service is the service or the quality or whatever of it is just as good if not better and the price is the same if not cheaper then all things being considered all things being equal why not go with the christian one now you know there are times where maybe the christian is just not having good price competition he thinks people should pay more just because he says he's a christian then yeah don't pay twice as much for the same quality just because it has a christian label on it that guy needs to learn that economics applies to him as a christian too not just unbelievers but all things being equal i think it's good for us to try to keep our economic decisions within the household of faith and like i said this isn't for sure yet but it is looking like something i'm planning to do hopefully when i drop next week's episode i'll give you more details about it hopefully i'll know more by then and this will probably be by the end of the month but back to the topic of today's episode pregnancy clinics what do i mean when i say they are more biblical I mean several things. One is that they do not perform abortion like abortion clinics do. Since abortion is murder, and murder is pretty bad in scripture, there are so many passages in the Bible I can turn to that say that, not the least of which is Exodus 20 where the prohibition of murder is listed as one of the Ten Commandments. Pregnancy clinics, which do not perform or refer for abortion, are therefore more biblical. That point's pretty simple and pretty basic. You know, one of those Christianity 101 things that goes against what we're being told as a cultural narrative right now. But there are other reasons as well. Since this is an economics podcast, I have to relate this to economics somehow, right? Pregnancy clinics are more in keeping with theonomy, with theonomic economics, than are abortion clinics. Not just in terms of murder, though... That alone is more than enough, but also economically speaking, and by that I mean in terms of funding. If you've been listening to this podcast for some time, you know that I think that government handouts are wrong, and I think that because the Bible says that. We are nowhere in Scripture, Old Testament or New, given any evidence for government monetary handouts. And we have many reasons against it because of the statism that comes with such things. Abortion clinics are very often partially funded by the government. They take government grants. They also charge for performing abortions. Planned Parenthood alone receives hundreds of millions from the government every year. I guess making money from murdering babies and then selling their body parts wasn't enough money for Planned Parenthood, so they take some of it from the government's tax revenue as well. Pregnancy clinics can't receive money from the government like abortion clinics can. Why? Because government money comes with government strings attached. Masses money comes with masses chains. Usually that string attached for pregnancy clinics 
is that they have to be willing to refer for abortions if not perform them themselves. Naturally, they can't do that because the goal of leading women to keep their babies is one of the main goals and reasons for the existence of pregnancy clinics. So what do pregnancy clinics do? They are funded by private donors. Usually individuals, businesses, and churches are what keeps pregnancy clinics afloat. Sometimes they might be able to get some sort of grant or something, but many, if not the majority of grants, exclude religious nonprofits from being accepted, and these pregnancy clinics are often Christian-owned and operated and share the gospel with the women who come in as often as possible. So they would be ineligible for many of these grants. And those aren't just government grants. Those are typical grants you can find if you go to your local library and use their grant research software. A lot of them are by different companies and stuff wanting to do grants for humanitarian things or research or stuff like that. Pregnancy clinics, even if they met the requirements for the grant, are often not allowed to win the grant because the grants will sometimes, if not oftentimes, say that religious institutions cannot be eligible for the grant. As a result of that, they often have small budgets. Some can't afford to pay a nurse full-time, so they have a part-time nurse and local Christian nurses volunteer when the paid nurse can't come in. Sometimes that volunteer nurse is the nurse employed at the clinic, volunteering hours off the clock because she believes in the mission that much. These people wouldn't do this if they didn't believe in the mission. Sure, not all of them are owned and staffed by serious Christians intent on sharing the gospel so that they will see women considering abortion keep her baby, repent and believe the gospel, and join a local church. But many of them are like that, and I am friends with current or former directors of clinics just like that. For example, a lot of you probably know the name John Barrows. He is like the star sidewalk counselor, probably the most famous one in the country. And he refers these women to a pregnancy clinic local to him in Orlando, Florida, that is intent on sharing the gospel to these women that come into their clinics, not just trying them to get them to keep their baby, but also try to get them to believe the gospel, to turn away from their sin and turn to Christ. I mean, after all, if we get this girl to keep her baby and then she doesn't believe the gospel, she walks away as an unbeliever, what do we really do eternally? Unless God saves, you know, brings an evangelist in later and saves that baby, that baby grows up and hears the gospel. But except for that, then, okay, she doesn't get an abortion. That baby grows up and lives to be 72 years old and then dies and goes to hell because the baby who, you know, grew into an old man or woman never heard the gospel, never believed the gospel. But when that woman keeps her baby and she becomes a Christian, gets plugged into a local church, raises that child in the church, that child becomes a Christian, now you have at least two people that have become believers and literal generations are changed. Since these pregnancy clinics are funded by private charity, they are much more biblical than abortion clinics that are able to receive funds from the government. As already said, the Bible doesn't leave room for government handouts, whether to individuals or to organizations. When we look at the Old Testament in light of the New Testament, the government seems to be responsible for creating laws in accord with the Bible, and no further laws than that, and to bear the sword, that is, to execute wrath 
on the one who breaks those laws. And this too is to be in accord with biblical precepts for broken laws, such as restitution instead of prison for theft. Charitable organizations should be supported by charitable donations and or selling goods and services like normal businesses. Just because you're a 501c3 doesn't mean that you have to give it away for free. I used to go to a church camp in Ohio as a kid and then worked there as a teenager and young adult, and myself and the other campers still had to pay unless they received a scholarship to help them with the cost, and that scholarship was often done by the local church that brought them to the camp, not by the camp itself. So under biblical theonomic teaching, charity should be done privately, not by the government, and preferably with the charitable organization under the authority of a local church, which might also be its largest donor. That might mean tight budgets and needing multiple people to volunteer a few hours each week because you can't afford to hire another staff member. Now, if more Christians were faithful in giving to their local churches and churches more faithful in supporting ministry and charitable endeavors, maybe those issues wouldn't be quite as bad. Either way, that pretty much sums up what pregnancy clinics look like. Fully funded by private donors, a lot of volunteers, and often a tight budget. Though that isn't ideal, it is much more biblical than government handouts, especially when those government handouts are to organizations that murder preborn babies. One last reason I want to look at for why pregnancy clinics are more biblical is the gospel. I've really already talked about this, especially as in the last point I briefly went on a tangent about the gospel and the importance of the gospel and the pregnancy clinic movement, so not really much more I need to say about this other than we are Christians, so we are people of the gospel. As I've already mentioned, many of these clinics are run and staffed by Christians who make it a priority to evangelize the women who come into the clinics. Other than the sidewalk counselors outside, you are unlikely to hear a gospel presentation anywhere near an abortion clinic. So that is a third reason why pregnancy clinics are more biblical. And now why is all of this important for us? I want to start working harder to make sure that the things I talk about on Theana Money are not just cool things for you to know, but things that are practical for you all, practical for your day-to-day -day lives. This episode is practical because it can help you get more involved in the abortion fight. Knowing about the attacks that pregnancy clinics have received the last couple weeks and will continue to receive, the group claiming responsibility for lighting the one in Wisconsin on fire claim that they will do that to others if people don't give in to their needs, namely that Roe not be overturned, for one. Knowing about this is practical. It lets you know that perhaps you need to prepare yourself for this if you're involved at all with pregnancy clinics. It lets you know that perhaps your local Christian pregnancy clinic, and be careful that it's a Christian one, specifically one that seeks to evangelize women who come in, as many of them already are doing, and not a Catholic one, but your local Christian pregnancy clinic may need more support here soon, and also gives you an argument next time the pro-abort claims that pro-lifers and abolitionists are the extreme and violent ones, not them. You can bring this up if you want to. But that is not all this episode does. It also helps you be more educated on the abortion front. There are three legs to the stool of this fight. Legal battles, pregnancy clinics, and ministry outside the mills, which is often called sidewalk counseling. 
The legal battle is the fight to get bills of total abolition passed on the state level and eventually the federal level as well. The front of ministry outside the mills is to stand outside abortion clinics, pray, try to talk to the girls, preach to them, hold signs, and direct women to the nearest pregnancy clinic, which is hopefully next door. The pregnancy clinic front gives counsel and aid and support to these women to attempt to turn them away from the slaughter of their children. How can you and your family get involved in any of these fronts? First, first and foremost, you can pray. Second, you can donate. All three fronts require money. And with the legal front, never support organizations like National Right to Life that don't actually want to end abortion. They just want to make a living by pretending that they're trying to end it. That doesn't mean that your average rank-and-file person employed by National Right to Life is like that. It does mean the people at the top probably are. And that hopefully those people, the average rank-and-file people employed by National Right to Life will see that and turn away from National Right to Life and not support them with their employment anymore. Support abolitionist political candidates like my friend John Jacob, who was on a recent episode of Apology or Radio, or support organizations like End Abortion Now. Those are some ways you can get involved with the legal fight. You can also email uh, this morning, so I'm recording this the day before it drops, and today there was a vote in Louisiana on a bill that if it had passed, unfortunately it did not, well, it got an amendment that basically gutted it and made it not really do anything, but if it had passed without amendment, this bill would have made Louisiana the first abortion-free state in the country. I, this morning, before I went to work, I emailed every single one of the people on this list from End Abortion Now, which was like 70 of the representatives. I emailed all of them, asking them to pass the bill. Then I went to a different email address and emailed a couple dozen of them a second time from a different email address. Then when I heard that there was this amendment being proposed to the bill that would practically make it worthless, I used a good portion of my lunch break on my laptop, emailing all that list of like 70 people again saying don't accept this amendment pass it the way it originally was things like that can get involved follow people like end abortion now or osa operation save america and they can let you know when there are phone numbers to call and email addresses and emails to asking legislatures to legislators to pass bills of equal protection for the preborn you and some friends can also minister outside an abortion mill if you are afraid to talk to the women going in, it's okay. You don't have to. Merely standing out there and praying that God turns them away and ends this evil does a whole lot. Abortion providers themselves have said that over half of their appointments don't show up when there are Christians standing outside the mills. Now, I don't know how many normally don't show up regardless. Maybe it's like a third don't show up even when no one's out there and two-thirds don't show up when people... And when there's like actually a good crowd standing out there, I don't know what the exact numbers are, but I think something like 70% of their appointments don't show up if there's a crowd of Christians standing outside the mill. And before you think that means that these women will just come back later, they'll not show up that time, but they'll come back a week later and reschedule. Uh, actually, they really don't very often. Uh, the statistics say that women who don't show up for their abortion appointments very often never rebook another one, meaning they will keep their baby. 
So those are just a few ways you can turn this episode practical and get involved in the fight against abortion, whether you are joining the legal battle yourself or supporting it with donation or trying to talk to people about a candidate who will try to get abortion overturned at the state level, like I was doing to try to help my father-in-law get elected just a few weeks ago, whether it's donating, whether it's getting involved standing outside the mills or with the pregnancy clinic movement with organizations like Preborn or your local Christian pregnancy clinic. There are a lot of things we can do to get involved with this. And as I've said, all of these movements are more biblical, also economically speaking, more biblical than the alternatives. So in summary, that was a bit about the pregnancy clinic movement and the recent attacks on them, how they are a biblical approach to today's issues, including on the topic of theonomic economics, since that is what theonomony is all about, and what you can do to fight abortion in the United States. And for my listeners overseas, thank you for listening, and if the abortion fight is raging in your country, then perhaps these same approaches can work with little to no changes, or perhaps there are quite a few changes to how you can put them into place in your country. I don't know your nation's laws like you do. I know that Canada has stricter laws on how close to the abortion mill sidewalk counselors can stand than the United States does. I have plenty of times stood on the sidewalk on the edge of the drive as cars are coming in and out, as they are entering the parking lot and leaving it. But I would get arrested if I did that and my neighbor to the north. So be careful and do what you can. And if it's only pray and give financial support, then that's great. That's okay. If it's only praying, that's great too. God is sovereign and all of Jesus' enemies are becoming his footstool. So pray toward that end. That was this week's episode of Theonomony. As we go, I want to remind everyone that the law of the Lord is perfect, sure, right, pure, clean, and true. So go apply that law in light of the gospel of Christ's atoning death and resurrection to every area of life. Grace and peace, friends. Satisfies me Your law is sweet Oh, you